I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the sport of we are back. We've had a run of vacations. There have been a lot of youth sports going on at every level. There have been kids home from college. There has been just general incompetence. And so we haven't recorded a podcast for a month. But now, today, we're back. And I'm John Marthaler. The way that we decided to figure this out, or I suggested we figure it out, is instead of trying to get multiple of us, we're just going to do like two at a time. So tonight with me is Chicken Finger. <laughs> I almost said Clarence Swamptown, but it's not Clarence Swamptown. Clarence Swamptown is dead. Chicken Finger 69, our good friend Chicken, is here with me. How are you doing, Chicken? I am fantastic. How are you? It is much harder. We have that. We have an actual Zoom going. I can see you right now, and I got to tell you, it's much harder to call you chicken to your face. Mm-hmm. It's it, it makes it it, <laughs> it just is entirely something different. So one of the good things about not recording you, a you never have any problem calling me a piece of shit to my face, but chicken <laughs> bridge too far. It's it's hard. It's hard. I see. I, I I see the actual person, and it's just it's 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 a hard <laughs> thing. Humanizing. It's yeah, it's too humanizing. It's like it's the opposite of the Stanford Prison Experiment. It's not a cartoon, and it's not a caricature. <laughs> I get it. Um, I was one of the benefits, maybe the only benefit of not recording a podcast for a month, is that we got a whole we got mm-hmm. a whole month's worth of sports talk built up, and we. I, at least in terms of this conversation, we can talk hockey a little bit because I think I'm finally calmed down from the wild latest <laughs> playoff exit. I yeah. I was on I, I was on Mike Rand's podcast last week. Go listen, everybody, because it was about soccer, and I need people to I need Mike to believe that he needs to talk about soccer on the podcast because I want to hear it. But um, at the end of the podcast, I said something like, "The Wild have killed all our dreams," or "The Wild have made us believe." Just very nihilistic. The wild make mm-hmm. us believe in nothing. There is no God because of the Minnesota wild, that sort of thing. And I think I finally calmed down a little bit, but just to recap, the wild went out in the first round again. That's 13 playoff appearances for the wild in their history. 10 first round exit. They've made the postseason. We got to say postseason because we're still not sure if that 2020 thing where what they the lost bubble, counts. The bubble, yeah, yeah. like yeah, it was no. a. It, they weren't in the playoffs, but they were in the postseason. Anyway, they yeah. made the postseason seven out of the last eight years. They've lost in the first. They've lost every one of those series. Most of them, I think, one of them's gone to a game seven. They had a game seven against Vegas last year, and that was it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just been a a Timberwolves level of incompetence, really. And I can think of no more insulting thing to say about that. So. <laughs> I do I do want to talk about the wild and I want to talk a little bit about sort of the the future of the wild. Sure. Because it's it's not obviously we can look back at the wild and talk about how bad they were and how they did it again, but it really feels to me and I'm I'm going to see if you agree. We're going to we're going to I'm going to talk about some of the reasons that they're potentially screwed and I want you to tell me whether I'm right or wrong cuz I'm a little I'm worried about the future right now. So okay. reason number one. Well, hold on. I, I need I need a clearly def, a clear okay. definition of what screwed means. Or will I gain that clarity through the questions? I, listen, it's me talking about hockey. There's no chance, and I mean no chance, <laughs> you're going to gain any clarity Shit. the longer I talk okay. about it. What does screwed mean? I that they are not going to 
they're not going to make another run to the playoffs slash losing in the first round again next oh, year. Oh, okay. There's, Got it. Okay. There, that that kind of nuts. There's a number there's a number of things. Not okay. only not only did they lose in the first round again, there's a number of things that I think are going to keep them in this rut. And there's no there's no hockey team that is in more of an overall rut than the Minnesota Wild with the possible and I say possible exception of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. But other other than the Maple Leafs, there's no other team. The Wild are the same every year. They make the sure. playoffs and they lose in the first round. They're the 14th best team in the league every single season. Mm-hmm. So right. here are I'm going to present to you some possible reasons that they are either as screwed as they currently are or more screwed for the future. And I want you to tell me whether I'm crazy or not. All right. Reason number one, they're going to have trouble signing 23 guys to next year's roster and still stay under the salary <laughs> cap. What are the numbers? Uh, I looked up I looked up the actual numbers here. They right now they have 15 guys signed and they have 8 million dollars of cap space left. Yeah. Which means they got to sign they had, you know, 26 guys this year. So they basically got to have 9 or 10 guys playing on the league minimum next year. Well, like Faber will take Dumba's spot. That's a that's yep. a nine million dollar in the plus column. I think that's already been accounted for in your numbers, though. Uh, I think I so man, wow, I can't believe I'm gonna have to play this role, but agreeing with you doesn't make for very good podcasts. Well, I mean, so not that we're after being good, maybe we no, I don't think that's anything we've never we tried stri- to be good. I, w- I want to know the truth. I, I don't, okay, fair I, I'm telling you that no, I don't know the answers here. I think this predicament could provide an opportunity for them to shed and really look hard at some contracts and some not just contracts, but players that maybe in other circumstances they would have, they would be more likely to hold on to, even though they shouldn't. Okay. For example, um I like Feligno. Okay. Felino's a good example, I think. Um I can't imagine if they weren't in this in this hard of a predicament that that's a player that they would really look hard at getting rid of. Locker room guy, all the cliches that they're going to throw at you, but um, it, it can it does is what he provides really something that cannot be provided by Brandon Duhane, <laughs> well, who has I who mean, has a ceiling that's unmet right. yet. I'm not saying he is as good right now. But he's far younger, and could he be that? Could he provide the same production, which was minimal this season? Could he? Pro- yeah. Felino didn't provide much. This the year. problem with Felino was he had a couple of years straight where he shot twenty five percent or something like that. And so when you're signing the Felino who scores twenty five goals a year, you're saying, "Wow, this is a guy that really is is bringing a lot, and he's part of this." With he's part of this line with Erickson Eck and Jordan Greenway. That's unsustainable. This big yeah. physical best defensive line in hockey now greenway's been traded erickson Eck was hurt in the playoffs but felino scored what eight goals this year they nine played, goals they, this year and they and they did play together for a period yeah. this year i mean for a, not just a insubstantial you know an insignificant insignificant time this season they did they played together and they didn't do much so i wonder we if even, this... we even talked about it on this podcast and you know if it made it to me talking about it on this podcast you know that everyone was talking about how felino could not continue to score 20 goals a season that it just wasn't going to happen <laughs> well and i'm not it's this is not to say that the cap crunch is is a good thing it's not they'd be far better off without it but i guess m- my overall point is it could cause them to promote younger players at a quicker pace than this regime has felt comfortable doing and i'm right. not i'm not convinced that's a bad thing Would in every you... circumstance I want to throw out another guy that seems like a potential candidate to dump. Would you dump Matt Zuccarello? Yeah. Not only based on his contract, but also knowing that apparently he's like best best buddies with Kaprizov. Would you still <laughs> dump Zuccarello, even though he's getting paid six million dollars to mm-hmm. disappear for half of every season? What he is an unrestric- unrestricted free agent after this year? I am making that up. I, am, he, I, I yep. think that's he's, right, though. He's a free agent after 24. Right, so after this, this is his last say, season under contract. When I say this year, I mean yeah. this upcoming year. Yeah, this upcoming um, year. He strikes me as somebody who there would be no market for to dump. Yeah, I mean, that's and, the thing about dumping so, a lot of these guys. Yeah, but he, so there's two things. He strikes me as the, 
as a guy where if you try to dump him, I don't know who you dump him to because nobody's going to take him. Mm-hmm. And he also even he also strikes me as a guy who will take a significant discount this offseason for probably a longer term than they're than we're comfortable with. But it'll be a Goudreau type. I don't think it'll be that long a term. It won't be five years, but it'll be like two times three or something silly just to remain with his with his buddy. Right. Carrillo. That's I mean, so while I agree, I don't think there's a market for him and he might as so therefore you might as well keep him around and then take that significant discount. All right. Let me let me throw out another name. Ryan Reeves, who uh, he he made, won't be back. he's he's an unrestricted free agent, but they keep talking about how they want him back. He, he doesn't score goals. No. That post game press conference, his comment, he's going to try to scratch out every dollar he can before his career is over. Um, yeah. that that was the death knell. Like, okay, well then he's gone because they they were gonna if they were gonna bring him back, they were gonna ask him to take a discount, and he's essentially firing a warning shot, saying, "Don't even come ask for a discount. I'm not taking it. I'm trying to get every dollar I can." So he's gone. The, bringing up Reeves, this is another thing I wanted to do. I wanted to read you some Bill Guerin quotes and see if any of them made you mad. Uh, Please, I, I bet you I know, I know what it is. I, I bet you I know, I know you love. I know you love Bill Guerin. I love Bill Guerin too. I do too. Great. I do. I think I he's done a great job. But, but I think I know his, the quote. Some of his quotes have run, yeah. rubbed me the wrong way in the, in the aftermath. All right. Here's the quote. He was talking about Ryan Reeves, and he was talking about what he brings. And what he said was, if you're the best in the league at something, you're elite in that role. And he's elite in that role. Let me. What is Ryan Reeves the best in the league at? Not mm. getting in fights? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he, he did not. Uh, so... To a person, they say that the energy that he brings has significant value. Right. I'm not in the room. I, I obviously, and neither of us have played at that level. It doesn't seem like that energy couldn't be brought by somebody who, oh, I don't know, um, contributes a little bit more than Ryan Reeves. Knows so, whether he's left-handed or right-handed. Yeah, I mean, Reeves is remarkably skilled for his size. The guy is a yeah. building. But I, uh, I do want to say that I like, I really like Ryan Reeves. I like that he was on the wild. He seems like he's a fun guy to have around. And I actually, I liked him being on the wild, but I'm not sure if I'm the GM, if I like him at $1.5 million a yeah, year or whatever. He's not coming back. No, they, they took him because they had some cap room just this year. No, he's not coming back again. And it's funny because right now that's okay. Brandon Duhame, that's going to be his role. Like who's going to be the guy that goes out there and, and fights other people. It's going to have to be him because he doesn't make any money and he's here and he's controlled. <laughs> so there's nobody else available and yet expendable. That's right. All right. So beyond the cap constraints, here's mm-hmm. another thing. Here's a, here's the thing that I'm actually particularly worried about with the wild. Okay. One of the things that the wild have in their back pockets is that pretty much everyone seems to agree that they have the most stocked farm system in all of the NHL. They have better young prospects. They have more young prospects. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, it seems like, this cap crunch stuff was not only to get Suter and Prezi out of the room and off the team, but also to try to aim towards this potential future where they've got two more years of cap hell uh, next season and the season after or this season and the next season after that. And then they're going to have some room. And in a lot of ways, it seems a little bit predicated on we're going to have a lot of young guys coming through now that we can get for cheap for a few years and then only pay them but here's the problem they have a ton of they have a ton of this young raw talent they just fired like i think during the playoff series they fired their ahl coach tim army he's been around for five years or something like that so obviously they have no faith in what's going on at iowa and they have absolutely no history of developing young guys they got marco rossi who they played for six games, blamed him for everything, sent him back to Iowa for the rest of the year. They have Kalen Addison, who was good on the power play and bad in other situations, and they just buried him down the stretch. Those mm-hmm. were the first two of this prospect pool that are coming through. Addison was the guy who came over in the Zucker trade. Rossi was the number nine pick a couple of years ago. 
Mm-hmm. Rossi is in a weird situation because he had a horrible long COVID for a while. And so he sort of missed a year of development, but still he was a young guy, a cheap guy plays a position that the wild have desperately needed the entire history of their franchise. <laughs> and they developed him. Not at all. Yeah. How, I, how screwed are the wild? How worried should we be about taking, taking this group of young players who's really good and entrusting them to a staff who apparently can't develop them at all. Hmm. I would say, again, not to be devil's advocate, but um, Rossi, Rossi, Rossi. I, How do we pronounce it? Are, I don't uh, know. It's everybody's now on the Rossi train, so I'm going to hop on that. Rossi, that's fine. That's fine. I, I don't. All right, uh, that's fine. He's uh, as you said, he struggled with with Minnesota, but he played significant. He played very well for Iowa. Mm-hmm. So I hear what you're saying, John, but he he did go down there and play very well. So the knock against him has been strength, which, you know, how a coach at Iowa, I don't know how you're just going to magically, short of hiring Barry Bonds, <laughs> which would be an, I don't think he's moving to Des Moines. I don't. I mean, maybe. I Call me crazy. Barry, I don't know Barry very well. Uh, I don't think he's moving to Des Moines. Um, you know, short of David Ortiz or Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens walking in that door, um, he's not just going to magically in one season gain the strength that they're looking for. It's good that right. and, and in hockey, you just you don't gain strength during a hockey season. You don't. You lose strength. You, you gain it in the off season. So. It sounds like he's sticking around in the Twin Cities. He's gonna. Um, he's not going back to Austria. He's just going to work on getting stronger and faster, and that's all they're asking him to do. But his success—that's that is something I was watching for in Iowa. Is how what were they going to do with him? Are they going to turn him around? And he had a ton of right. success down there. So, in that sense, did they develop him or not? I don't know. I mean, because then he came back to to Minnesota late in the season and didn't do a damn thing. And I think they were begging him to. I think. Like that, what that fourth line center role that yeah, um, what's his nuts took? They uh, really did Sam's. not want to have to play Sam Steele. Sam Steele, they, they didn't want. It. They really didn't. They were like, "Bro, take this goddamn yeah. spot. We were fucking handling you this thing, and, and just, he didn't. And he just didn't. they're sitting there with the magnets on the board, just trying to fit any. Like, who else do we have? Is there anybody else? Is, That's just. I has really... Jesper Wallstedt ever played center? <laughs> I and I don't know how old Rossi is. I. I He's young twenties. He's not very old. Um, yeah, yeah, he might not even be twenty yet. I don't even know. I mean, my point is, in three seasons, he he just for doing nothing, he's going to be get man muscles. He's going to you know just get just from not being a teenager and being right older. He's going to get stronger, and then they're just going to have him work out, just be a workout fiend. And it sounds like work ethic has never been an issue with him. So if they tell him just get bigger and stronger. And he's still recovering from that COVID scare that he had and lost a lot of weight and strength there. That's the kind of guy, if he, if he was playing in Iowa and like not figuring it out and not scoring and not doing anything, I'd be like, Oh Jesus, this guy is really a bum. Um, (laughs) But the, the ceiling, it seems to me is there because the issues are size and strength due to a sickness, which it will take a couple of years to recover from. So that's why I'm not as pessimistic. Now, that being said, he is far behind some of the other centers that were picked behind him. Right. But that's not really what we're talking about. We're not talking about, in retrospect, what should have they done. We're talking about moving forward, are we? Are, are they screwed? And I'm trying to say, and I'm not so sure with him. I think he could be a guy that could, unfortunately, it'll, it might be like three seasons from now. Right. But on the other hand, it, that might be fine because – they're not going to be out of this cap hill for two seasons. So maybe that that's okay, that that's his breakout time. Yeah. I, I And it's not just, Ro- I mean, Rosie, sorry, I'm, I'm going to have oh, that's okay. at the, the rest of his life. I'm going to be calling him. I mean, <laughs> how long did we all pronounce Mikhail Gronlund's name wrong? I still <laughs> no, can't I, it. I'm not saying how many that times one. did I pronounce Rick Adelman's name wrong? That one I'm not I even, think they made up. I'm not, so I'm not sure even, I'm not even sure I pronounced it right this time. Bronlin, um, I, I, that, I that did sound like you know Doc Emmerich was just screwing with everybody. <laughs> oh yeah, I talked to him. 
Ronland. Mm-hmm. Sure you did. Uh, but it, I mean, it's not just Rosie. It's Addison. It, Addison went from like being the hope of the future to they might trade him this offseason because they're so down on him right now. Mm-hmm. So you, you look at all of these guys they have, and I guess Jesper Walbord is a little bit different because he's a goalie and nobody knows anything about goalies. But sure. for the rest of the guys, you got guys like Adam Beckman, who he has been a top prospect in Iowa for 15 years now. <laughs> he's 36 years old. He's he scored more AHL goals than anybody else. I just, I'm... I'm worried about the plan going forward to turn all of these prospects they have. And apparently they have a million. They have a bunch of guys in the Swedish league. They've got a mm-hmm. bunch of guys in Russia. They've got all these guys, but can they turn, do they have no. the structure in place and the organizational structure to turn those guys into the team of the future? It'll be That's- really interesting. I agree. It, it is. It will be interesting. And I will be really interested to see who they hire in Iowa. Yeah, will it be some guy with with a track record of developing young players, or will it be like, um, Tortorella? <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> like, no, or they no. just go the opposite way? Like, yeah, oh, our oh. new the new coach of the Iowa Wild, Barry Melrose. Oh <laughs> no, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Why? Why would you do that? This is such a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> All right, another. Another thing to be concerned about, mm-hmm. Dean, Dean Evison, I think, would probably beat every other NHL coach in the league if there was a fight, mm-hmm. but every one of them mm-hmm. he would lose to if he's coaching against him in a playoff series. Rod Brendamore, he might have trouble. Oh, yeah, that, Brendamore. That's not, a, that's not yeah. a sanctioned wrestling match. I think that's not a good got, match. Got him by about 40 pounds, but... <laughs> Brendamore uh, is the only coach who spends more time in the weight room than any of his players. <laughs> he's a... He's a, he's a maniac but yeah, yeah no he oh, does sorry, he looks ahead. like a wrestler who's now he does when they announce him coming to the ring all right dude weighing in at 453 pounds six foot three rod rindivore mm-hmm. anyway but the point of evison's lost four consecutive playoff series now mm-hmm. every year he's been coaching the wild he's managed to lose the playoff series and he's done it in a whole bunch of different ways that all feel the same way the last two years he's done confusing things with goaltenders their special teams have been garbage in one way or another both of the last two seasons. And the other thing, and this is something we'll, I, I was going to touch on a little bit, their best players are not their best players in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And the the reasons everybody goes through and they give the reasons of, well, this guy was matched up with this other defenseman or whatever, but it always removes Evison from the equation. Like, well, there's nothing the coach can do about matchups. There's nothing the coach can do about anything. So my question is how much I, I this is not so much a how screwed are they, but how much faith do you have in Dean Evison? Hmm. I think I have a ton of faith in him as a regular season coach. I think right. considering the, the roster they have and that the cap, space issues they have that he can produce a hundred point seasons with these teams. Um, I do think it, so they very specific and and that's just a general statement and it doesn't really, I guess I, whenever I hear statements like that, I think, what what are the details behind that? Um, What makes him a good coach? Just saying, well, he he coached him to a hundred point plus season. What does that Mm -hmm. even mean? What did he do to make them good? I think this last off season, everybody identified special teams needs to get significantly better. PK and PP need to get significantly better. And they did. I don't think anybody expected them to go from 30th to second in the league, mm-hmm. but they, they went from 30th to the middle of the pack. That's a, that's a pretty remarkable jump in a season. So they spent the off season identifying ways to get better at a very specific thing. And they pulled it off. To me, that is good coaching, right? Right. But then when the playoffs come, um, again, looking at very at specific things, in the kind of the post-mortems that I've heard of the of the playoffs, I don't know that I've heard enough about the remarkably poor decision to start Flurry game two. I've heard sort a lot of, about the P, the PK, but it, it happened so yeah. early in the series. People have kind of let it go. And I'm like, no, that was a pretty big and pretty stupid thing. It shouldn't just be lumped in with 
oh, the power, the penalty kill fell apart. Well, no, that's no, the penalty kill fell apart because their two best penalty killing forwards are are gone. Mason Shaw and, and Eric's neck. Mm-hmm. Now that's not coaching. That's just, look, Fred Goudreau's not as good at killing penalties as Eric's neck. He's just not. That's I'm sorry. He, I know I rip I think it's on I think it's funny lot, we rip, it's... we put, we rip on Fred all the time but no matter what the situation is we could say listen Fred Goudreau is just not as good at whatever we're talking <laughs> whatever about as the name of another player he's just not very uh, good at so the power play the penalty kill I am not trying to third give line center. I'm not trying to give um Dina pass on that all I'm saying is he can't control Erickson Eck getting hurt or Shaw getting hurt. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Those are something that you overcome. I mean, you can try to coach past that, but it's it doesn't take away the fact that you just lost a significant amount of talent. Right. The decision to sit Gustafson and play Fleury game two, that's on the coach. 100% entirely on Dean Evison. And um, I just, there's no, there was no justification for it. And it didn't work out. And it killed Gustafson's momentum for the rest of the series. So he had this remarkable performance game one and they sat him. And then, and nobody's talking about, well, then then they're talking about the PK and how Gustafson needed to make more saves. And I'm like, does anybody forget how fucking amazing (laughs) he was game one? And then they benched him like, and they thought that there'd just be no mental impact on a young player for that to see, like, that was just going to be, Oh, Oh, no big deal. Shruggy. Shruggy guy emoji. Oh, it happens. No, that was a hor- that was by far the worst coaching mistake of the series. Right, and we're just kind of lumping it in with PK and the PP dissolving and all these other. <laughs> no, those are things that losing players to injuries impacted those other things. The goalie decision was purely on the coach. So, right. Um, my faith in him to overcome those things, I don't know. John, I mean, he's not a young man, but he certainly is a an inexperienced head coach in the NHL relative to these other guys. These other guys are, are recycled through about 15 teams before they ever win anything. Um, right, but I mean, it's not like so this is his first year. He's been no, a, he's been an NHL coach for four years now. I'm not making excuses for him. My point is you're asking for it. Is there faith? Well, maybe there is an unknown ceiling with him because he is relatively new to the position at the NHL level. So maybe I could see where he could get better and learn from some of these just remarkably bad decisions. But um, I just, I I thought it was a bad idea at the time. I still think it was a bad, bad idea. I think everybody did. And it changed the entire direction of the series. So right. it's, it's amazing. Given what happened with what they did with the goaltenders last year during the playoffs, the Talbot was playing pretty well. Then they decided to just go with Flurry just because because they wanted the Flurry thing to work, and then it blew up in their face. The fact that he went back and did it again—insane. Every everyone was insane. like, you know, the one thing—if he's learned anything, he won't screw with the goaltenders. And it took him one game to be like, you know what, Mark Andre Flurry. Spoiler alert: won a Stanley Cup before, <laughs> and if you've won a Stanley Cup, that means that. You're a great goaltender forever. I mean, 
I don't. Is Ken Dryden still alive? They could. Yeah, that's what, Ken Dryden. Mike Mike Bossy. You know, they they need four. Let's let's bring him back too. That's right. He went. Yeah, let's. He's got his name on the cup a bunch of times. All by Brian Trottier. Let's let's just just keep bringing them all back. They all got their name. Yeah, if just because past decades ago, success Stanley Cup championships just don't mean much to me. But yeah, uh, uh, that scares me. That he these unforced errors. Um, I just I don't I don't know where they come from, but maybe I'll right. learn from them. I don't. Know. I got one more. I got one more reason that they're screwed, and right. I sort of touched on it before. But if you had to pick out their best players, you would have or certainly their highest paid players. You've got Kaprizov, you've got Boldy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jared Spurgeon on defense, mm-hmm. Jonas Brodine yeah. on defense. Mm-hmm. All of those guys mm-hmm. were bad in the playoffs this year. No. Kaprizov, yeah. Kaprizov. On the one hand, you. I'm, I'm a little willing to give him a pass because he was their only decent forward last year in the playoffs. He had what? Seven goals in six games or something like that. Mm-hmm. Boldy, this is two years in a row that he's completely disappeared. He didn't score a goal in the playoffs. Um, I started, I, I was telling my friends that we should start calling him Matty Ice because he disappears when it gets warm out. Um, oh, but Lord. but at the same time, he's also 21 years old. I think Boldy's 21. 22 maybe yeah, 21 sounds right he's, didn't he turn 21 in nashville on this season yeah maybe he's exceptionally young he mm-hmm. he's exceptional for a guy who's played in the league for a year and a half now or whatever yeah he's exceptionally he's exceptionally young so it's i think it's a little bit unfair to go after him but even a guy like spurgeon spurgeon sort of gets written off because he's five foot two or whatever and every year, day in, day out in the regular season, he's an excellent defenseman. But I feel like this is not the first time we've talked about him being bad in the playoffs. It's not built for the playoffs. That, yeah. That's uh, His game is not built for the playoffs. It's built for the regular season. And so how much, how screwed are they with a whole bunch of good players who are good regular season players who maybe are not great playoff players? Mm. And how, I mean, how much water is that? We talk about these individual performances, but... You you could go down the list, and I'm sure that there's a lot of guys who don't have Leon Dreisaitl stats every year in the playoffs. You know what I mean? There's there's a lot of good players who have gone through series where they got one goal, two goals, whatever, and still come out with it. So are we putting too much putting too much to just the performances of a few guys? Probably. That said, that's what the money's for. I mean, you're they're paid a lot to to show up in may in late april that's what the money's for not not to show up in october so um you know i don't know what the answer is there but maybe maybe they are screwed there because what what are they going to do spurgeon has done it every single year i I don't know what (laughs) that you're just suddenly going to hope that next year in the playoffs that they make it that he just turns it all around Rodin right. isn't really built for the playoffs either. Now the promise is that Faber did show up, and he's yeah. very, very young. He was arguably their best defenseman in in this playoff series, and he played some big minutes. Um, so these younger guys did show some promise in that sense. Um, but then you look at the forwards; none of the None of the younger guys really showed up. I think their best yeah. four. I'm sitting here trying to think of who their best forward was this series. And you know who I think it was? Who? Marcus Johansson. <laughs> I really do. I mean, it's tell, signed tell next me, year now. Now they got him, which is a good thing. But tell me who who else would who'd yeah. even be on the ledger? Like who would yeah, I can't who's even, even in that race? Give me give me give me somebody to argue about. Like who the most the most noticeable one was Marcus Felino, but that's just because he was running around the ice and well, challenging yeah. people to cage matches that and was stuff good like that. and i don't blame him for that either i i th- actually think he showed a lot of restraint i think i'm the only person on the planet that thinks he <laughs> that commends him for <laughs> literally the only person who's like yep. you know marcus Salino really kept it together in these I, i'm the only person who believes that absolutely i i would <laughs> i i think um nobel peace yeah. prize um congressional, congressional medal of honor did he, he win a pulitzer of... those just came out i think he might have won a pulitzer prize pulitzer um uh what's the for children's books 
The cat, uh, Newberry cat. Metal. The Newberry, Newberry Metal. metal. Um, yeah, all of it. Give him all of them. I was impressed um, <laughs> that he didn't, you know, this is, tear off the this ref's is the kind head. Of perspective. This is the kind of perspective you need. Like, Cherry took a lot of penalties, but he didn't stab anybody with a skate. Should it be? Absolutely. The refs deserved to have their heads oh, cut off sure. and paraded around the stadium like 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 a Roman soldier. Um so for that I I do commend him. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it that way, I think if I think Felino's in the conversation for mm-hmm. for best forward performance. All right, well, you know. <laughs> I I do I do want to read one other Bill Guerin quote to you. Oh, no. Okay. There's there he, he's got sort of a there's sort of a long paragraph where he said he said something like it'd be awesome to get to the second round, but that's not what we're building towards here. I think that's your narrative. He's talking to the media. That's what you guys write about. We're trying to build something bigger to that. But the one I want to focus in on is they're not going to put our name on the Stanley Cup to get to the second round. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you that one made me mad because it's not like it's nobody nobody's saying that bill nobody's saying well if you just win a playoff series then it'll be a success but i do i can't help but notice that you can't get your name on the stanley cup without winning a playoff round i think if he had it to do over again he wouldn't have said it that way i think right he's i think what you're saying he's trying to say we're, we're trying to build something bigger which is what he said and it's being parsed. His words are being parsed. And I don't think anybody would, um, you know, confuse him with one of the greatest, the great orators of <laughs> this century. Uh, just not what no, he's. Not a smooth talker. <laughs> that's not what he's. Good I, GM. I, I do. Not a smooth I do, talker. But that's not his, his. He's just very blunt and very honest and says yeah. what he's thinking. And I think all of us don't. At least I certainly can't. I can't throw stones in this glass house to him. To, <laughs> no, um, uh, does don't he always... mispronounce a lot of things? Because I can't <laughs> believe any GM would ever do anything, anything like no, that. No, I just. I, but I do think he probably regrets saying it the way and at the and using the tone that he did. I think he right, which I appreciate actually was that he, um, he showed some a heartbeat and actually cares. I mean, some of these. Some of these GMs and some of these executives and, you know, the the fans care a lot. And you, you see these post-game and post-season right. press conferences and it's, you know, it's like they're, I don't know, you know, it's like they're at the muffler shop getting their car fixed. They just right. don't, it, the conversation, it's just, no, there's no heartbeat there. It's like they don't even care. So uh, showing some passion at least shows that you do care you're invested it's not just a it's not just another day so i appreciate it and the other thing i appreciate about garen while we're while we're saying good things about garen is that he seems available like you'll hear from (laughs) him throughout the year he like quezzy with the vikings and tim Connolly. tim Connolly with the tim rules he had a press conference to announce the rudy gobert trade and then nobody heard from him for six months like yeah you can't you can't talk to tim Connolly. you can't he, nope. he won't talk to you. He's just it's a he's, Ben Affleck he's movie. Hiding. He's just gone. He, it's where, it, yeah, it's but or, Bill, you know, but Bill Guerin, like the I go for his AD. What's his name? I can't even remember his name. <laughs> the ghost of Dinky Town. Nobody knows. Nobody knows his name. But then what does he look like? like? No I'll one's seen him before. And I'll see like on Spotify, there'll be like a podcast with Bill Guerin on it. Like, yeah, of a bunch of guys. I'm like, who? Who? Yeah. The sportive with Bill Guerin. He's just at a guy's house. Yeah. It's like he's just sitting down there next to your kid, you know, just playing Duplo blocks with your kid and just having a podcast. Uh, Yeah. I just want to say that if Bill Guerin wants to come over and play Duplo blocks with my kids, we can make that happen. He is certainly available. Yep. So you got to give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. All right, I wanted I wanted to mention a couple of non wild things as we go through this very long, yeah. short podcast that we're able. To <laughs> no, we have gotten long, haven't we? Okay, which is the NHL playoffs question? Which has been the funniest of all of the early playoff exits? And I'm going to give you three candidates here. One of which hasn't my, happened yet: the, I the Boston the Bruins, the Colorado mm-hmm. Avalanche, or the upcoming exit for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. They're all delicious. They all are fantastic. Um, hmm. 
I would say Boston yes. is the winner because of the run of success that town has had and the built up confidence they had because of how well that team played in the regular season. I think they had already looked at, okay, who from the West do we not, you know, they were already looking at West conference matchups right. for the Stanley club finals. And that it was just so delicious that it just came out of nowhere and snapped their neck um, in such a convincing just yeah. quick and convincing manner. Oh, it like was when the... they when they lost Game Five. Everyone said, "Well, this isn't going to happen, is it?" And then it was just a horrified stare as they just managed surgical. to the next two games. Oh, it was just beautiful. I, Boston would be number one. Um, number okay. two, I would say, is Colorado because I don't like them. I don't. Yeah. Uh, so that's personal. That's not just that's just personal. I don't like the Colorado team. I don't, I think they're fuckers. I think their, their fans are fuckers. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, Toronto, they're up in Canada. Like uh, they're in the Eastern conference. I don't I'm like, okay, uh, whatever. Like Toronto hasn't really ever won much. Joe Carter nine. Like, okay. Yeah. That was a billion years ago. I just don't think about the Maple Leafs that much. I'm happy that Canada hopefully will Go another year not winning a Stanley Cup. I think that's that. Pretty, I mean, overall, I love that extremely part. funny streak. I love that. Thirty years now, but that doesn't. That's not enough to trump Colorado and Boston, right? I. I mean, ultimately, I think it's a little bit bad that the best he- regular season record in NHL history immediately went out in the first round. Like, <laughs> if if you ever wanted to make the argument that no, the NHL regular season definitely means something. It's way harder when a team wins 65 games during the regular season and then goes out in the first round of the playoffs. It, it, it blew that theory. It blew the like goalie theory because I don't even remember who that goalie beat him. I, I don't remember who it was, but yeah. some silly name. Uh, so it blows the, the goaltender theory. Um, Brad Marchand's not in the playoffs anymore. I mean, that, that that's so great. Yeah. Like that's getting rid so of Brad Marchand is always a always oh, positive. God, he's that's just so that that makes me happy. Just that on its own is number one, and then the the rest of the team is number two. Then right. Colorado, then Toronto. Yep. Yep. All right. Non non wild hockey topic number two. How fixed is the NHL draft lottery? 100% fixed. <laughs> the the most fixed or the most fixed ever. Mm. There's you know two what? sides of there's two sides of of my theory and and okay. in the green room so there's two there's two halves. It is okay. 100,000% fixed. It is 0.000% fixed. It is one or the other and and I'll right. try to very quickly explain. Um 100% fixed because um, Chicago got Bedard and they don't deserve it in no. any fashion. They don't even uh, deserve to have a hockey team, never mind to get a player. Was it, was it almost a decade that they tried to hide the sexual assault? Yeah. Uh, I don't that the, the second try yeah it's not allegations i don't that was the word no that, but it's not that it's it's not an allegation uh, it's a it's a thing it's a fact but i'm struggling to find the correct word that's not insensitive so yeah. um so the wild this is i think what frustrates me and, and there's other instances it's not just the wild but the wild are being punished we, we've mentioned salary cap hell what 15 times this yeah. podcast for something that that was done that at the time was not against the rules right so this, long, this thing that they had to get away from this in, this cap recapture stuff when they signed those contracts it wasn't in place it would be like there was no way they could have known about it it would be like New York throwing you in jail for having a gas stove like this <laughs> okay. okay well at the time I bought it it wasn't illegal what the hell are we doing um but the but Chicago covering up the sexual assault for a decade here's a here's the number one draft pick yeah. Um, because you're a large market and your season ticket sales are plummeting, uh, your TV audience is plummeting. People hate your front office. They hate your ownership group. Um, one of the the largest and most proud franchises in the league are, are is collapsing. We got to do something. 
here's Bedard, even though, and they openly tanked. They by far yeah. openly take, they traded everybody of value away. No other team tanked to the level that they did. And they still got the number one pick. They were like, they were one step away from putting out a roster of nine guys and no <laughs> goaltenders. Ridiculous. Like, yeah. That they, said, why I wonder if it isn't 0% is because Bettman had to know that if he gave it to them, everybody will know that it's tanked or see, that it's fixed. This, this is the thing that I love about the NHL and fixing the draft lottery. With People talked about it with the NBA for a long time, and it's probably a real thing. But at least, you know, it was like, well the NBA is probably competent enough that maybe they didn't do that <laughs> with the NHL. It's like the evidence both for and against it, both points toward the NHL being incompetent. Like, yes, like you look and they go, well, they put Austin Matthews in Toronto. Well, they put Connor Bedard in Chicago. But mm-hmm. then if you're arguing against it, you're like, they were also stupid enough to put Connor McDavid in Edmonton, Edmonton. and Why put Steven Stamkos in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Like they, I don't have an answer for that. It, I don't. I don't. Just, yeah. It, but they're both. It seems like they're both evidence of the same thing. It's mm-hmm. like they're bad enough at fixing it that they do it so blatantly, and also can't do it properly. <laughs> well, I know we're trying to keep it short. I will tease that I'm the next time we're all together with Broxy. I am mm-hmm. going to destroy him on the NBA. We talked about this in the green room. I'm going to. Dis- I'm going to confront him. And then yep. destroy him on on the NBA being fixed, NBA draft being fixed, and I'm going to see how he defends himself because I don't think he, I think it's indefensible his position. All right, I got one more thing for you. you we already said Brock Faber might have been the best defenseman for the Wild in the playoffs. Matty Nyes in Toronto is on their second line. I think I think he was skating oh, with. John Tavares? Oh, no. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. How how in the world did the Gophers not win a national championship? Because those other guys are like 40. And I don't know, John. Like, this was the only thing they have in their lives was this. Now they're all, I have to go back to the fucking lumber plant um, where the Gopher guys all had their lives in front of them. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I don't have a, a better answer than that. I don't know. I don't you know. know. As no. as mad as I was about the Wild losing in the first round, I think more I was mad madder about more the mad. way the Gophers played in the last no couple doubt. the couple periods of that. No doubt. Championship why, championship. why, John? John? Why? Why was the first line not out there in overtime? No. Why? why? I don't know. Why? Very nice. Why? Why is he not out there? Why did it? <laughs> well, you, you got to hold on. You got to hold on to those guys for the next. Or... For the for um, they they needed a. There were um. I it's I got nothing far more maddening far more, the the way they played the second half of the game is inexplainable. Their lineup decisions to start the to start overtime, I, it's I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. I'm not going to. I'm done. I'm done thinking yep. about it. I put it behind a me. Month, and then you a just... month later, I ambushed you with this. Oh, my God. You've got a month to get over it. What were they doing? Now, here I am. I didn't I don't know. even get a chance. So um, the game is starting. I'm screaming at the television. And then they scored immediately. Like, it, I didn't get a chance to fully get out my screams. It happened so fast. <laughs> Part of me, that's one of my biggest, what I'm most angry about is I didn't even get a chance to fully scream at the coach. It just was over. I yeah. have more to say. <laughs> uh, Bob Motzko, you might not want to. If somebody knocks on your office door, you might not want to answer that. <laughs> you're going to sit here. And you're going to listen to <laughs> what I did. I have to say. I had, and furthermore, and, and then yeah. forward an hour. And yeah. What are your sources telling you on whether Logan Cooley is going to come back for next season? Tight lip, John. Tight lip. Tight lipped. You know, and it's we were texting about this before, and you said something about whether Cooley comes back, and I genuinely never considered the prospect that he might come back for another season. I think every second that he doesn't uh, commit to the NHL is a better sign that he's going to stay at the U. Right. I don't know what what's holding it up. Like, I don't think he's waiting to see what dorm he gets into, or you know, like he's not on a waiting <laughs> list or something. I just, so what the hell are we waiting? Come on, here? I just don't want to be in Comstock Hall again. <laughs> if I can not be yeah, in Comstock, I'll stay for another so, year. 
so what are we, you know, I don't know. What's Oh man, I hope I get into bio 103. Like, I don't think he's <laughs> waiting to see his class list. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's holding it up, but I just get the sneaking suspicion that every day that passes, he's not signed. I mean, is a better sign for the Gophers. And then any discussion beyond that is kind of pointless because until you find out if he's coming back, you don't really, it changes the entire dynamic of that team. Yeah. If he's there or not. Yeah. Not saying that they, they're, they're crumbled if he doesn't show up, but it changes the entire dynamic of the team. If he does or doesn't. Do you, I mean, are you, are you up to date enough to know whether, what their recruiting class for next year looks like coming in? I have no idea. I have zero, zero knowledge. I have, I have some knowledge and I'm going to hold off. Maybe that's a good, pre uh, season next there, next time we do a hockey podcast in like october we'll talk about that there's some guys i like a lot and there's some guys i'm just scratching my head like that guy really and there's mm-hmm. people that are super excited about it i'm like no i'm not a scout but i've seen him play and i know what i know but what do i know i you you know more than i do yeah, and I that's like that's why we're here we're here to talk uh, we're just here shit. to talk a little puck i don't know anything all right, you got anything else anymore? That's all I got. That's all I, I got. mean, I got lots more, but that's not worth anything. <laughs> well, if we were going by that rule, would we be doing <laughs> we this podcast? We would started. Fair enough. Yeah, there, there's a reason. All right, uh, we're out. Say goodbye. See you. Later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.